Hello fellow Whovians, welcome to Who Do Who Think You Are, this is a Doctor Who Rewatch Review Podcast hosted by me, Jody Steele, and Cultaholic and Dribbledub's favorite reporter. What's up? It's like, don't, don't you WhatsApp me? I've been playing a lot of. Uh, I finished the quarry the other day. All right. Um, and it 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 makes me want to watch and play like any classic eighties slasher horror stuff or the, mm-hmm. or scream. Yeah. Um, because David Arquette. And, and scary movie. And scary movie, yeah, of course. WhatsApp. WhatsApp. You just got WhatsApp. Yeah. yeah. Uh. I don't know how to start this off. I don't know what the preamble should be. How is well, your? It's... What did you have for dinner? That's so always, I had that's a good one. I had pasta for dinner oh. um, because it was quick. Um, now I was actually undecided between a couple of things because spoilers for later. It's Satan's pit, right? <gasps> it's not what I'm putting in, but what I was close to putting in oh. was when you making pasta, right? Mm-hmm. Cooking it, you go to drain it, but your strainer. Or your sieve isn't clean. Okay. So I'd used it to drain rice the other day. I'd used mm-hmm. the sieve to, to help, you know, yeah. drain any excess liquid. Um and I forgot to clean it. So now it's just sitting in my sink. But right. I forgot to clean it. And when I went to drain the pasta I was like if I keep the past in the water, it's going to be overcooked. It's not going to have that al dente, mm-hmm. you know. But if I cl- and, and I had to clean the sieve, I you know, I, I still need to drain my pasta. So I had to like get the lid, which all like I had to get the lid and carefully pour it out to make mm-hmm. sure that it was and it was it was like linguine. So like pouring it out the lid, there was a risk of the pasta spilling out with the water. Mental. So you were going to put in the satan pit your terrible cleaning skills no because i was going to put just making pasta without a sieve a clean sieve now usually i have everything clean but when i was making stuff last night i completely forgot a sieve or a colander like a sieve sieve all right not a colander not plastic shaky mythicky Mm-hmm. Uh, like a, a little metal sieve that you would right. sieve pasta uh, mm-hmm. or flour and stuff. So, should have just used a colander. I don't have one. Oh, alright, okay. So I've been using a sieve. Um, so I was going to put that in the Saints Pit, but I've got something else instead. Okay. Um, now, if you heard my rant last time about the woman who uh, IDs me in Tesco, mm-hmm. by the time this goes out, she's she's done it again she's ID'd me again probably yeah so it's crazy you don't get ID'd for coffee same amount of caffeine content yeah imagine if you did yeah that's yeah that's that's the opening preamble Jordy there you go there you go how's your day it's been good today we're talking about gridlock it's season four three season three season three episode three gridlock um do you want to hear the opening rap? Oh, damn, yeah. Give me that rap. Okay, here you go. These, this is based on a, a, a short verse rapping. Um, okay. And you'll, you'll, you'll get it. 
Gridlock, it's not. Gonna be quick like a pit stop, a shit plot. It does rock, but you must pop, for it does what you can't mock. Now let's talk, clear up this mess like a wet mop. Very Nicki Minaj. Do you want me to do that again? Yeah, let's hear it. Gridlock, it's not. Gonna be quick like a pit stop, a shit plot. It does rock, but you must pop, for it does what you can't mock. Now let's talk, clear up this mess like a wet mop. Again, very Nicki Minaj, very wet ass poop. Um, Jesus, <laughs> family show crazy. Is that where you got your your influence from to, this week? No, I just liked Gridlock. I thought it was quite a, a good just double double syllable. Gridlock. Uh, gridlock. It's not. Have you ever thought about going into the freestyle rap scene? Um, more than you'd think. What would your What would you call yourself? Um, I think you've got steel. You've got to keep the steel. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be so serious. But I, th I feel like your whole thing with steel, you could just steal other other people's rhymes. You don't want that <laughs> reputation. <laughs> so what, what would you call yourself? Too, too tall. Too tall. T-U-T-O-L. T-U, yeah. Too tall. Too tall. Or would it be... So T-U... Mm. Two L. No, I'd be two two tall. Two tall. Two tall. Yo yo yo, it's yo, the boy Tootle. Hey yo, Tootle, you heard this sh Can we hear the rap one more time? Gridlock, it's not gonna be quick like a pit stop. A sh plot, it does rock, but you must pop for it does what you can't what mock. Now let's talk. Clear up this mess like a wet mop. It's great. It's great. Let's go. This episode was directed by Richard Clark, who also did The Lazarus Experiment, The Doctor's Wife, and Night Terrors. And it was written by Russell T. Davis. Good writer. Yeah. It takes Director. Night Terror is good. I like Night Terror. Is that the one with the dolls? Yeah. That terrified me as a child. That's what I mean. It was creepy. And probably as an adult. I just don't yeah. like dolls. I don't like the dark Fraser. Yeah. It frightens me. The Doctor and Martha visit New New York in the year 5 billion and 53, 20 years after. No. Is it 30 years after? 30 years, uh, yeah. Uh, New Earth. Uh, they find themselves in Pharmacy Town, where kiosk vendors peddle moods in the form of patches. A young girl buys Forget, wishing to relieve herself of the memory of her parents. Distressed, don't giggle at relieved. Hmm? It sounded like you giggled at relieved. No, I scratched my back. Oh, right. Stop scratching your arse. No, my back. Yeah, it's code. Uh, distressed over them driving on the motorway. Suddenly, a man and woman grab Martha, keeping the doctor away at gunpoint, pulling her into a van-like vehicle and driving away. With her on board, although unconscious, they are able to use the fast lane. Yeah, this... Uh, I'm sorry, but you, you think I'm giggling at the word relief. I thought... What I was, <laughs> yeah, wishing to relieve herself. Relieve herself. Off the memory of her memory. Yeah. <laughs> um, No, no... But yeah, it's an interesting. The drug trade's still, you know, still live on New New Earth. Yeah. Uh, or New where New did York. these people live? 
Yeah, that's... Yeah. And also, if all the... If all the exits are blocked... Yeah. How did they get into them? How did they get on the motorway? Yeah. Why didn't the Doctor chase after them in the TARDIS? We've seen it fly. We've seen it fly. It can do most anything, to be honest. It is like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah. Except it can travel in time and space. It's better than Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang more like. Um, do you like to live life in the fast lane, Fraser? I do like to live life in the fast lane. And uh, Look, I thought it was cool. Good start. She's the drug Martha. Now imagine when all these vendors open the... They, like, open the, the, the kiosk, like, Hey, customer, you should have said... Get in the... I don't know why I'm doing that. <laughs> One of them's but, Scottish. But imagine if they were Muppets. <laughs> the man... <laughs> 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 the man and woman, Chain and Milo, uh, tell Martha they needed access to the fast lane to reach Brooklyn as fast as possible, which should be about six years. That's crazy. Just in time for their new baby to start school. Just then, the doctor walks onto a platform at the side of the motorway tunnel, discovering thousands of hover vans in an underground traffic jam, the tunnel filled with fog from the fumes. A cat man called Thomas Kincaid Brannigan and his human wife, Valerie, invites the doctor inside their van to escape the fumes. They reveal they've been on the motorway for 12 years, starting as newlyweds and now have a litter of kittens and have only travelled five miles. It's wild. I really like this whole idea of what, you know, it takes them a long time to travel. And mm-hmm. it kind of gives you a sense of, obviously not urgent urgency because... They're going to be stuck there a long time, but it's like a scale of the Doctor can't get to Martha, despite them probably being, you know, not that far away right now in terms of cars. Mm-hmm. But that's, what, 12 years until they can potentially see each other? Yeah. I like it. it. Uh, Good concept. It's, it's, it sounds like a, 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 a Twilight Zone or a Black Mirror. Yes, yeah, yeah. Or a Doctor Who. Yeah, exactly. Just it's a very a very unique episode, sort of sort of plot, which 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 the, I feel like the best Doctor Who episodes do feel like you could take if you take the Doctor out and you took the plot and you said, "Oh, this is a classic novel." Yeah, you'd you'd, you'd believe. I, yeah, went, I really like the concept of this episode as a whole. Just really cool. Yeah. The human society lives in a traffic jam. You'd be like, yeah. Uh, Thomas Kincaid Brannigan, uh, played by Ardell O'Hanlon. Mm-hmm. From from My Hero. I'm from Father your hero, Ted. Father Ted. I was going to say. <laughs> I, I I know him mostly from a TV show called My Hero, which I used to watch. I don't have many memories of it, uh, but my it was on TV in the morning before i went to primary school okay and i remember my dad would be watching it okay so i i, I remember a, a a specific episode which i think might have been the last episode i like his character um, here 
Yes, it's yeah. I'll, I'll stop talking about my hero. Um, it's uh, yeah, cat people. Yeah, more of them. Yeah, uh, the kittens are just kittens. Yeah, how? Um, where? What did the where? How did they? Are they going to become half human hybrids? Are they going to become humanoid as they? Yeah, at what point? Or are they just cats? No, they couldn't just be kittens because. What was the birthing process like? But that's a lot of them. Were there umbilical cords? It's a lot of... It also means that humans have to have advanced in terms of genetically. Does a human to have... To birth cats. Does a human have a litter or do they have one cat at a time? These are questions that will be answered on who do who think you are after dark. After dark. As Martha. I know. I <laughs> fuck you. As Martha, Cheen, and Milo slowly traveled down the levels of the motorway, still making their way to La Fast Lane, Martha hears a loud roar. Cheen tells Cheen's such a stupid name. It is. It just makes me think of Charlie Sheen, but just merged into one. Cheen. We need a name quickly. Cheen. Uh, Cheen? Yes. We'll go with that. What's your name? Cheen. Uh, uh, That's not a real name. Cheen <laughs> tells her that she's heard stories about cars disappearing on the motorway, that something lives down in the depths of the tunnel. Milo, Milo, dismisses the story and claims it's just the air vents. Although, with all the smog, are the air vents even working? Good observation skills from Martha there. Yeah. She's Good. clever. She's a medical student. She's not your, your other dumbass companions. She knows when an air vent is on. She knows when an air vent is on. Because of all the smog and all the fog and all the phileous flog. Yeah, it's just, it's, I like that sort of uh, reveal, I guess. Mm-hmm. I've been like, oh, well, there's something down there. No, no, but it's just the air vents. Then it's like, no, but why are they not working? It's yeah. classic, sort of classic horror almost. Yeah. Where did Chin and Milo start their journey? Well, that's where I'm asking. That's why I was like, where did they enter? Onto the All oh, right. Because you got to think, how old are they? How old were they started? Were they able to drive when they started? Were they with other family members when they well, started? No, so, so Chin and Milo, they were they were part of the underworld, right? And they broke off. Yeah. And then they've gone. Let's get onto the motorway, and travel. But then that raises the point: if they can get onto the motorway, why can't they get off? So- or maybe the whole point is that you once you get on the motorway, you can't go back. And yeah, that's why the the woman at the beginning was sad that she lost her parents to the motorway. Yeah, but he he was like, oh, it's fine. We'll just do the loop again. She when just they, walk. When they get up to their first entrance or exit that they could get out, he goes, yeah. oh, we'll circle back. It'll be open. Yeah, it'll probably be quicker to just walk. Probably, yeah. Yeah, it's five miles. Yeah. If I could walk five miles... Do you think time... <laughs> 
Thomas, yeah, there we go. But they reached the fast lane. <laughs> as Martha, Chain, and Milo reach the fast lane, the Doctor decides to make his own way down, travelling through multiple hover vans under the guise of motorway foot patrolmen. Something begins to shake Chain and Milo's hover van, and another driver calls them, telling them that all the exit lanes are closed and to travel back up before it's too late. As they listen to the other drivers scream, Martha orders Milo to drive forward as fast as they can. Can't catch me. The doctor travel. <laughs> the doctor reaches the last level above the fast lane, entering the hover van of a fancily dressed businessman. Using a sonic on the van, it rhymes a lot. Uh, the doctor accesses the tunnel's systems and clears the fog, revealing the macra, giant mm. crab creatures. Crab like... people. Crab it's just Doctor Zoidberg. Just. I, I like the uh, the doctor making his own way and jumping through all the cars. Yes. I really like that sequence and getting to see like the small snippets of life for other people and mm-hmm. see how long that they've lived on the motorway and, and how they've lived in this small, tiny van. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, also, it makes me think of what we all went through in 2020 in quarantine and being isolated. All these people are isolated yeah. to their vans in this mm. one little room. And that's all they've known for X amount of years, um, which I can kind of relate to that experience from now that we've we've kind of done that ourselves. Yeah. Astute observation. Thank you. Thank you. The Brannigans are boarded by a cat lady. It's novice Haim. In the fast lane, I hate that term because it just makes me think of life in the fast lane. Life in the fast lane, yeah. In the fast lane or uh, the penultimate uh, pay-per-view before Wrestlemania. WWE pay-per-view, a premium live event. Yeah. In the fast lane, Martha, Milo, and Chin narrowly avoid the claws of the Macra. Martha has Milo stop the van, realizing that its lights and movement are attracting the Macra. They are left alone, but they only have limited oxygen. The Doctor explains to the businessman that the Macra used to be the main species of the galaxy and used human slaves to mine toxic gas to feed off but have since devolved into the mindless creatures they see now. It's it's nice to get a classic Who villain back. Um, but in a different form. Mm. The Macra. I like them as a villain. We're the Macra. Yeah, classic. I've got some, I've got some Whovia for you later. Oh boy. Novasame arrives in the businessman's hover van and orders the doctor to come with her. He refuses, but she grabs him, and they teleport high above to the Overcity, to the Senate building, discovering mass amounts of corpses. Corpsey? Corpsei? Corpse. Corpse? Mass amount of corpses. The Overcity is dead. Novice Haim explains that a virus formed from the human's addiction to a mood drug called Bliss. She explains that the humans are stuck down in the motorway tunnels as a last resort for protection from the toxic environment above. The doctor asks how she survived all this time. She answers, He protected me, and he has waited for you these long years. And a voice calls out for him. It's the face of Bo. Novice Haim tells the doctor that the face of Bo wired himself into the city's power grid, keeping it live while he slowly died. Why are they now able to come out if it's still toxic? I mean, it's probably, it's not, but, like, the concept was keep them locked in there the earth is toxic for a hundred years mm-hmm. but it's cool to release them now just in the potentially toxic environment 
Yes. It um did they also, say expressly that it would take a hundred years for the, the Well the last act of the Senate was to declare it a toxic land for a hundred years. Right. Which is why no other planet will come and help. Mm. Um, but it's just interesting again parallels to what we experienced the whole time I was watching this was it was just oh damn that's what we went through um, yeah. the fact that there's a virus that appeared and everyone was told to lock down and I'm glad as much as our government gets criticism I'm glad they told us what was going on well they didn't did they they partied and did things oh. behind our backs but I'm glad we had a, a clue what was going on it wasn't just well, we've been living in home inside our house for six years. Um, yeah. So it's an inter- interesting concept. But the only thing that I really confuses me here, right? So they're all locked in the motorway. Mm-hmm. It says it happened 23 years ago. Yes. But Brannigan says he's only been driving for six years or 12 years 12 years 12 years yeah so, so is the, the entire undercity locked down yeah but surely it, folk just living in the undercity would realize that there was no one in the upper city i think to get out of the undercity you have to go on the motorway <sighs> yeah but there would be surely some other form of communication there was the hologram of the woman sally 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 calypso Calypso, telling them about the news where are they getting food from being brain well they they uh uh uh, cheem uh explained that they have the 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 resource thing i guess so they've, they've answered that but at the same time there's there's little just the thing it happened along 20 years ago certain characters have been on the motorway less time mm-hmm. you would start fighting back wouldn't you yeah i mean that's the thing they're they are not they don't know they have to fight they think that it's just part of the process part of the process yeah and then they do so they do some lovely singing they do i like the singing in this what the soundtrack in this episode incredible Mm-mm-mm. oh murray gold oh. anyway we've got we've got a little bit left of the episode Let's crack on. In, in one last-ditch effort to escape, Martha, Cheen, and Milo dis- begin to drive on, ducking and weaving through macra claws. Miles above them, the Doctor finds them on a map registry. He begins fiddling with computers to attempt to reroute power, but the uh, systems fail. The face of Bo revives them with his last ounces of willpower, and the p- and the Doctor pulls a lever, opening the tunnel ceiling and allowing all of the citizens of the Undercity, including Martha, Milo, Chin, and the Brannigans, to fly upwards, escaping the motorway. I'm glad the I'm glad they escaped. The good resolution in terms of the face of Bo has been the one protecting them, and gets is the one that gets to free them eventually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, what if the place is still toxic? What How? How does all that smog affect the environment as well? Yeah. And how are you going to deal with the macro that are at the bottom of your motorway? How were there no explosions with all that build-up of 20, 30 years, was it? 20, 20, I think it's 24, 25 years. 24 of, years. Of, ex- of exhaust fumes. 
Jesus Christ. Also, by the year 5 billion and 35, right? Mm. You would hope that we wouldn't be using exhausts and fossil fuels. Yeah. To pollute. You know, you would use maybe electric. Yeah. So, just my 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 piece. And we think our traffic's bad. Hey, we can't even drive. And I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Hey. As the doctor waits for Martha in the Senate building, the face of Bo's pod cracks open and he spills out onto the floor. I wish we had seen that. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, the face of Bo is finally dying. It's a bit morbid to write. Facebook is finally <laughs> dying. But Novice Haim reminds the Doctor and the, of the legend that the face of Bo will, his, will speak his final secret to a traveller. The face of Bo laments that he is the last of his kind, such as the Doctor's the last of his. But the face speaks his final secret to the Doctor. You are not alone. And dies. What a bombshell. Yeah. Martha asks him what the face of Bo meant, if she meant he had her, but he says he doesn't think so. The Doctor finally reveals to Martha that he is the last of the Time Lords, that the rest of them are dead, that the face of Bo is wrong. All his friends and family, his planet, it's all gone. Or is it? Or is it? I really like the, the ending with the, obviously the tease of You Are Not Alone. Uh, Martha once again getting completely shut down when she's trying to like, like uh, I'm here, and he's like, nah, not you. Nah, it's not you. Um, Martha though putting up a fight at the end, being like, I'm not leaving until you tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. Not putting up a. Shit. I like to yeah. see that, uh, and the doctor had, had sort of showing a side to him that he's not shown since, well, since Rose. Yeah, and the fact he's he's showing his emotion and in a positive way. Um, so yeah, it was a really good ending. I liked this episode. Mm. And as, yeah, a, the, as a resolution, the beautiful sort of storytelling by by the Doctor, uh, with by by David Tennant uh, yeah. as he as he describes his his planet, which I believe he takes lines from very old Who. He does with which... how Susan. Yes, how Susan describes it. I've got, I've got a little note on that one. Um, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's lovely, and, uh, and yeah, we sort of get a resolution to how the Doctor's sort of been acting and why he's been acting the way he is, and sort of distant. And he's like, "I lied to you because I liked it. I like to believe that I wasn't alone, and everyone else was alive, and I wasn't the last Time Lord." I think that's something that everyone can kind of relate to is that there's always that something that he's it's his escapism mm-hmm. of being like for once this person doesn't know that you know that my backstory yeah. and they have no knowledge of who I was before this so I can kind of make up who yeah. I am um, it's fine for him but when I go off to uni and I'm making new friends and I go I'm a time lord <laughs> and everyone I'm- else is alive on Gallifrey then you're the mental one. You're the weirdo, right? Yeah, it's the, the double standards. Double standards. Uh, but yes, it was a it was a very beautiful ending. And the music. I will get on to the end when we when we sort of give our thoughts overall on the episode. But whoa, the, the music in this I think was a step above everything that's come before. 
yeah. apart from Doomsday. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned Susan. I which did. Which is a little trivia piece, which brings us nicely on to the number one trivia podcast within a podcast. On this podcast, it's Whovia. Whoa, 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 whoa. Thank you, Jordy. I heard a, a siren earlier on that was just the Torchwood, the wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 wow. And I was like, oh my god. It's, They're back. It's, it's Torchwood. Um, we're kicking things off with, as the Doctor and Martha exit the TARDIS at the start of this episode, you, you see the Doctor pull an arrow at the TARDIS. Uh, this arrow was shot by Queen Elizabeth's men in the last episode to show that it directly takes place immediately following that one. This is not the first time the Macra have appeared in Doctor Who, as I mentioned in the episode there. It's they, they first appeared in the Macra Terror back in 1967. Do you remember back in 1967? No. Uh, I don't remember it. Because we weren't born. No. It was 31 years before we were born. It was three years after my parents were born. It was a year before mine were born. Wow. Um... Well, the description also that the Doctor gives of Gallifrey is identical to that what we've given by Susan in a Desperate Venture, which is a 1964 episode. Um, so it is literally, it, it's the exact same description she gives. So right. it's really cool. They got a nice callback in there. Uh, when devising this episode, Russell T. Davis had searched for many different types of monsters that he wanted to include. Originally, it was going to be an aquatic monster. Um Two of the things that he thought of was a Godzilla-like reptile kaiju. Okay. And a giant octopus. Ah. Because originally the, the original story wasn't going to be just set on the motorway in the underworld. Ah. Um, the characters Alice and May is the first homosexual married couple featured in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so big up that for, for uh, well done. Pride Month. Yeah. Russell, you know, all well, big of support. Are that. there many more after? Um, I'm. I imagine there would be a few more. There's definitely more non-straight relationships. Yeah. There's in a Doctor couple Who. in the in the the trip neutral. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, the vehicles seen driving on the motorway are designed to look like the iconic Volkswagen Type 2, also known as the VW Bus in the US, and the VW Camper in the UK. Oh. Um, it's, I did find it weird, though, that everyone's got an identical car. Yeah. Capitalism. Yeah. Um, well, no, t- totalitarianism. Just complete yeah. control dictatorship. Who you, you all get this car. Um, and who, who designed the Volkswagen? Monopolising. Uh, it was the Nazis. It was Adolf Hitler. It was Adolf Hitler. Um, one story strand that was cut involved a baby macra feeding upon the drivers of the motorway's lowest level. So it was going to be baby macra. Uh, I don't know. It was cut, so we don't have much more on that one. Cool. Uh, originally, the action would have actually been split between the wealthy inhabitants of the over-city and the downtrodden citizens of the undercity riding in the motorway with a gargant- gargantuan creature living in Earth's or New Earth's ocean. Um, ah. so kind of been like I imagine it would probably involve a sequence of the motorway being flooded yeah um, but originally it was going to be like they were trapped in there while everyone the, the wealthy inhabitants of the up, you know the city above yeah. were safe unless, unless they were going to do it so like 
the ocean sort of already flows into the tunnels. So it's basically a giant sewer system. Which would have been a great metaphor for the lower class. The lower class, there you go. Yeah. Well, that's that was the original plan. Uh, there are several similar similarities to fellow sci-fi series Futurama in this episode. Oh. So both are set in the distant future in a city called yep. New New York with hover cars that despite being able to fly are often stuck in traffic jams. Um, both feature a character named Brannigan who pilots a flying ship with Futura- oh. Futurama's recurring character Captain Zap Brannigan is a bumbling Brannigan. misogynist Captain Kirk-like space captain. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether that was intentional but there's a few there's a, there's a couple there that if it wasn't intentional it makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, despite the fact that the episode takes place in New New York, almost everyone speaks with a UK accent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Of course, this is this is, city is not actually in America because it's a new Earth. It's a different planet. So it might just be that this is, a, I don't know, UK city mm. or a UK population with UK-inspired accents. Good to know that those regional accents stayed with us till stayed, the year yeah. 5 billion. Uh, the face of Bo's final message was actually due to be given to the Doctor at the end of the original New Earth episode back in Season 2, but was removed and saved for this story instead when this episode was actually being devised, because the death of two recurring characters in that original episode would have been too bleak, thought Russell. Finally, Jordy, we have the last one, the working title of oh. this episode. Now, you will get three attempts to name it. Now, it's not a singular name. Oh, Okay. So there you go. It's tough. Is traffic in one of them? It's not. Damn. There's only one. Only one. But you get three guesses. So that's one there's, guess. Alright, there's only one. There's only one. Only one working title. Um. Two guesses remaining. That wasn't a guess. I was just asking for a hint. I don't make the rules. Yeah, you do. Quite literally make the rules. (laughs) There's no one else here. Um, The motorway. No, it's not the motorway. Got one guess remaining, Jordy. You're going to kick yourself. The fast lane. It's not the fast lane. Ah! It's it's obviously chasing fumes. Oh, of course. You're kicking yourself right now. You knew. You, how did you not get that? Of course, it was an obvious of title it to was guess. Chasing fumes. Uh, but yes, chasing fumes was the working title of the episode. I prefer gridlocked as a uh, episode name. Mm-hmm. But that's all the Hoovia. Thanks for joining me, Jordy. And now we can go on to our little segment that we'd like to call. The Satan Pit! It's impressive. Uh, the call. Just cut out your audio at a certain point oh, there. Right. <laughs> the call had had enough. It did. It had. It was sick of your shit. Yeah. Uh, this is the Satan Pit where we cast down every week, every episode, a certain concept preferably specific to the episode uh usually not uh down into the satan pit to stay with other concepts that we that we hate and to be shunned by society forever uh last time we did a woman that 
always IDs Fraser when he buys energy drinks. Yeah, yeah. And I did the world being made for small people and not yes, tall people. Yes, not tall people. Um, What's your so, one today, Fraser? So today, when I was watching Gridlock, I was thinking... Okay. Like, they've got to always constantly be aware of the car in case they can move, mm-hmm. like, a foot in front and drive ahead. Now, it's quite a small van, and the beds that we saw in there looked very small, probably fit for one person. So I was thinking, well, then, they've got to... They must be quite sleep-deprived, um, despite... Because they've always got to be aware unless the car, in case the car moves, or they can get out. And I was thinking, well, I relate to that because I feel quite sleep deprived because this morning, right, I went to bed quite late last night Okay. and I was thinking, cool, I've already made my lunch for tomorrow. I can stay in bed an extra half hour because I went to bed late. So I was like, I'll, nice. I usually get, for context, I my first alarm usually goes off about half six, quarter to seven. Okay. That gives me enough time to wake up, get a coffee get a shower if I didn't shower the night before. You know, that rigmarole. But I showered last night and I went to bed late last night and I thought, mm. I'm going to I'm gonna stay in bed until quarter past seven. <laughs> you know, quarter past seven, half past seven. And do you know what happened, Jordy? Did you fall asleep and then... I, I woke up at the normal time my normal alarms would go off. Oh, damn your body clock. Yep, I woke up half six and I couldn't get back off to sleep. So I got up, I then went to the kitchen, went to put the kettle on, make a coffee, made the coffee, and then went, I could could just go lie in bed. So I made the coffee, went and lay in bed, forgot I'd made the coffee. So when I came through to make my coffee to walk to work... yeah. I had a cold coffee and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to make another coffee. So I've wasted yeah. a coffee. So my my thing I'm putting in the Satan pit is waking up before your alarm. Right. Because of your body clock. That I can I can relate to, uh, especially when I work. That's why I, I don't... I, if I could choose, I would never work for a job that requires early. I've always lo- preferred working late than when working early. When you say early. early, what time? I mean getting up at like five or six to to start work at like six or seven. Right, so kind of what I did at Tesco. Yes. Yes, cool. Well, um, I thought maybe nine. Is that nine's, nine's normal no. time? So I did the same for five guys when I worked yes. at five guys. Um, because every time I need to get up early in the morning, I do the same when... Um, I have a driving lesson. Um, my body is so prepared to wake up to an alarm because it's like you have to wake up that I just wake up at everything. Um, and yeah. my body's, my brain's always just like, oh yes, uh, uh, you might be lying in, wake up quickly. And I wake up and I go, ah. So yeah, I, I agree to that. So you are putting into the Satan pit circadian rhythms. Pretty much, yeah. The fact that I've got a body clock, which is great. That is, I really, I'm glad that if I forget my alarm one day, mm-hmm. I will wake up. But it was just not great because I, I went to bed at one. I usually go to bed at eleven. Right. 
so I, I'm now I'm quite tired, right? I've, that's why I had a coffee <laughs> in our last episode because it's what's the time? Nine o'clock, and I'm tired. Okay. What are you putting in there? So I'm going to put in what I was going to put in last week or last episode, and um, before I went off on a tangent and decided to do tall people. Um, it was related to Shakespeare. I'm going to put. More specifically, it was related to uh, English studies in in high school. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put the idea of learning about poetry, um, because the best way to enjoy poetry is to uh, uh, categorically analyze it and dissect it and take it apart. Um, yes. Nothing. Nothing says I love poetry than being scored on suggesting the reasons for writing a line. Yeah, like as as if the markers know exactly what. Yes. They meant. So if you're if you get something from a poem, that's the best thing about music. If you can interpret a song different way than other people, and you can relate to it, that's fantastic. SQA are insinuating that you're wrong. There's yes. only one way of interpreting music, and it's how we tell you to interpret it. Yes. Which Correct. is uh, dictatorship and authoritarianism. And um, I hate the SQA. And yeah. uh, overall, maybe I, SQA. Do, maybe I should do the SQA on the entire education system in an, a future uh, Satan's Pit. Um, for just the exam system. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm going to do uh, English studies ruining the idea of interpretation of art. There we go. I like that entry. Thanks. I think yes, it makes sense. It's the whole. Why did they? Why did they paint the curtains blue? Because they were exactly. blue. The blue. The blue curtains. No, Fraser. It's because he was sad. Yeah, of course. Well, good entry into the, into the Satan's Pit. Is it time to get on to what we thought, Jordy? Fraser, what did you think of Gridlock? I think it's one of my favourite episodes so far. I would I, agree. I, I, really... I, I was surprised by this episode. Well, see, I was excited going into this because I knew it was coming up. Um, but I didn't okay. realise how much I would actually like it watching it again uh, I think it's got a really really strong story it's got a really fast paced story for being stuck in a very small area and literally just the same room that is just mm-hmm. dressed differently every time they they change it for a different car Yes. Um, I really really enjoyed it I thought the performances were great I thought all the characters were memorable and fun even if I can't remember the names of all the little smaller characters he meets they're all fun and they've all got an actual backstory and they feel lived in and they feel real and this world mm-hmm. feels lived in um, the music I think really brings this episode up Murray Gold knocked out of the park with the with this, the song that they sing Mm-hmm. just the score of the episode just constantly throughout it there's like really really strong pieces of music that you can kind of hear influences almost uh i am the doctor type mm-hmm. pieces of music in there which that's my favorite piece of doctor who music so hearing that i'm like oh oh that's the, that's still come i can hear the influences there 
he knocks out of the park. David Tennant's performance here is fantastic. You know, like everyone was was great in this episode. I, I is up there as one of my favorites so far. I can't I can't really fault it that much. What about yourself? Yeah, uh, as I, as I said before, I really like when Doctor Who plots are you could you could take the Doctor out and it would still be a very interesting plot. Um, and they've just got the Doctor in it, and and I I really enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed it set up and how it's set it, it cr- builds more onto this New Earth thing, um, and and how it introduces the emotion patch, and it's it's all about how uh, humans are terrible and how society always falls, and and yeah, I like um. I do like retrospectively how how prevalent it is now, um, yeah. and how it, it it manages to keep with the times uh, despite being from two thousand and seven. So yeah, um, God, it's it's probably fifteen years ago. You know, fifteen years ago that this aired. Um, the other thing, note there is when you said that you could take the doctor out and the story would still work. Uh, I actually think they could have removed the macro uh, completely. Yeah. You, you don't need them in the episode. They're literally just to add that extra, you know, fear of the unknown, what's down in the depths. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think even with them, it's it's a great episode. I, I'm, I'm inclined to give it a either 7.5 or an 8. I'm I'm going to give it an 8. I, I want to give it an 8 as well. It's it, I think it's my favourite episode so far, just in terms of just... Oh, right. Run. Maybe maybe not my favorite. Maybe not the favorite because I really like Girl in the Fireplace. Mm-hmm. But it's it's strong enough to be an eight. I think it deserves an eight. Yeah, I I I yeah I agree an eight. I think it's 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 great. There we go. That's the sound bite. That's the sound bite. Uh, but what did you think of Gridlock? You can tell us on Twitter at Real Geordie Steel or at the Fraser Porter. Or at Doctor Who Pod. You can also follow us on Instagram. You can rate us five stars on the podcast service that you are listening to us on. You could like us. You could share. You could leave a review. You could. You could just. You could discuss us. You can talk to us. You could go on on Twitter again. You can tell us uh, what you want. Uh, uh, if we've missed something out. If yep. Fraser missed something out on Whovia. If, uh, which I, I definitely will have on this episode i cut some down right uh if there's any interesting uh plot points that i missed uh anything um you can also again uh, send us your satan pit entry uh just using the hashtag the satan pit um i think that's pretty much it for the episode that's it i'm not gonna plug cameo this week not gonna plug what cameo I'm, what i'm gonna plug is because I think this will be a Friday episode. Yes. So, if you're sitting about and you're listening to this on the day it comes out, I'm streaming at 6 o'clock on Friday nights at cultaholic.com forward slash, or twitch.tv forward slash cultaholic. So you can come and watch me play games on a Friday night. So come and do that. Okay. Um, And yeah, next week we got Daleks. We got a double helping of Daleks oh, in yeah. Manhattan, not Angels in Manhattan, the nope. Doctor Who series or Broadway show. Yep. Um, Daleks in Manhattan. 
But we do have an actor from Angels in Manhattan in Daleks in Manhattan. We do, yeah. There you it's go. just it. clicked, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, but yes, thank you very much for watching. Uh, I hope you have a lovely weekend. Uh, but remember, stay, stay hooked. hooked.